blessings for obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on earth, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you on this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. And you will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion and rebuke in everything you put your hand to until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Matt. Uh, obviously, there's a, a few from our number away this morning, but um, as Joan mentioned before and prayed, it's always great that we can meet up, even if only with a few people, to hear God speak to us in His Word. And uh, that's what we'll be doing this morning. We'll be hearing what God has to say to us uh, from that part of the Bible that uh, was just read and uh, what it means for us to live in light of of all that Jesus has done. So uh, let's get into it. How about we pray and ask God for his help that um, we'd take from this passage what he'd want us to take and uh, to live for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do 
Uh, thank you that your word is living and active. Father, we thank you that you speak to us through your word. Father, we ask as we look at it now that you would um, show us what it means to live for you because of the love that you've shown us through your son Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, uh, out of these two options, which would you prefer? Which would you prefer? Would you prefer a life of blessing or a life of curse? It's not a trick question. Uh, a difficult question straight up. And it's not really, an easy, uh, not really a, a difficult question to answer, is it? Of course, we'd want to have the life of blessing. I, I wonder if uh, you've gone one way instead of going another way and have really missed out, though, on some kind of blessing. Instead of going this way for some kind of blessing, you've decided to go this way and you've missed out. I was reading a, a story about a retiree in northern Germany and some officials were alerted by a blocked pipe uh, near this guy's home. And so a cleaning company employee uh, went down and checked it out and they discovered that the retiree had a blocked pipe at his home because he decided to flush down the toilet about $35,000. It was in the old currency, it was in the the German marks, uh, and he just flushed it down the toilet. And so the investigators, the officials, were slightly bewildered that this man would do that, that he would flush this money away, that he'd go this way instead of going that way. Surely you would think, well, I've got this old currency in front of me. Maybe I should get someone to check it out to see if it is worthwhile. But in his opinion, it wasn't. And it's, he said that these notes no longer have any value. Uh, and he was about to flush another $30,000 down the toilet as well before they discovered that this was what blocked the toilet up and what blocked the drains up. I wonder if you've chosen something like that, maybe not something that uh, obvious, hopefully, uh, that you've gone one way instead of going another way and you've missed out on uh, the blessing that is involved there. Because really, that retiree, he could have enjoyed a whole world of blessing, couldn't he? Uh, He could have gone on a big holiday. He could have been set up for the rest of his retirement. He could have bought his grandkids really, really expensive Christmas presents. But yet he flushed it down the toilet and he missed out. Instead of going down and thinking, yeah, I probably should show this to someone that knows a thing or two about old currency... No, I'll just get rid of it. I'll flush it down the toilet. He missed out on the world of blessing. Well, as we open up to this book of Deuteronomy again this morning, we find that God's chosen people in the Old Testament, they're faced with two worlds themselves. They're faced with the world of blessing and the world of cursing. And as we again open up to this book of Deuteronomy, we'll see which way that they need to go to not miss out. And as we look at it, we'll see which way we need to go to enjoy a whole world of blessing and to not miss out. Now, if, uh, if you've been away and haven't been able to make it, if this is the first time you've been here to hear about the book of Deuteronomy, uh, what we've seen is that this book that was penned some 3,000 years ago is that God has gone ahead of his people, the Israelites, and has brought them right to the edge of the promised land. And their old, tiring leader, Moses, well, he's giving his, his swan song. This is his last sermon before he passes away. And in this sermon, Moses recaps the past and what God's people are to do and how they're to live for God. He's told them that to love God means to trust 
and obey him. And he's recapped the past and said, well, you actually haven't lived that way. You need to love God. You need to trust and obey him. And so as Moses starts to get closer to the end of his life, as God's people sit and listen to him, well, the big thing they've got to take in is where they'll find the life of blessing, about which way they need to go to find the life of blessing. And so from the opening verses of that chapter that we just read, Moses says that God's people, they need to go this way to have the blessed life and just take a look at the way they will live and how a life of blessing uh, would follow them around if they did. Verse 1, this is what Moses says there, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Now, straight up, we've, we've really got to get our heads around something that's really, really big here. Uh, because at first glance, when you look at that verse, it's almost like uh, this world of blessing from God is something that you get by what you do. You know, if you obey, then God will give you blessing. You know, what it seems from these verses is that, that kind of disclaimer. Now, just make sure that you do stuff and then God will give you the blessing. Now, it's, it's pretty easy to read that and I think you know, some people do. That to have a blessed life is based on some kind of moral reward system. That somehow God is holding back all these good things and we just need to be little, uh, good little boys and girls in order to receive them. It's kind of like what I do with uh, scripture classes at school. I'm not, I'm not very proud of this, but it works, so you know, you've got to do what works. I say, if you work hard, well, there will be a reward at the end. If you do this, you'll get chocolate or some kind of lolly, because you know, lollies and chocolate always work with them. And uh, I know that's bribery, but that's kind of like what I do with scripture classes, saying, if you do this, then you'll get this reward. So is that what this verse is saying? Is that how it works with God? Like, if we get this life of blessing, all we need to do is just do lots of stuff for God. Is God some kind of you know, divine piñata? You've just got to whack him with a good deed stick. You know, I, I help people across the road. <coughs> give me some blessing. I uh, pray for people really hard all the time. <coughs> give me some blessing. I, you know, I do lots of stuff at church. <coughs> I set up the morning tea. <coughs> I clean the toilets. <coughs> Can you give me some blessings? Come on, God. Is that kind of how it works? That God's some kind of divine piñata? Well, really, that's, that's a long way from the truth because the whole life of blessings spelled out here in chapter 28 is all about relationship. It's relationship between God and his people. And at no point is this relationship dependent on some kind of moral reward system. At no point does God ever say, well, if you do this and this and this and this good thing, if you do this good thing, then then you'll have a blessed life. But that's not what it's on about here in Deuteronomy. Because if you've been here the last few weeks and we've been working through this book of Deuteronomy, we've, we've heard about the relationship of God to his people. It was God who chose Israel to be his treasured possession, to be his people. It was God who brought Israel into relationship with him. And it wasn't because there was anything special about the Israelites that God chose them to be uh, his people in the Old Testament. It was because of his love for them. It was because of his faithfulness to his word. 
It was God who rescued Israel out of slavery in Egypt and brought this people to himself so that they'd enjoy his blessing. You see what's happened there? The, the relationship's never been on the terms of, of God's people just doing lots and lots of good stuff, lots of good deeds in order to get God's blessing. Now, there's definitely a way to live in relationship with God, and we'll hear what that looks like in a minute. But you can see that this pattern from Israel's history, it was God who made the first move in the relationship. It was God who made the first move with his people. Uh, it wasn't because, you know, um, God thought he had a similar personality to the Israelites, or God really liked their smile, or God was, you know, attracted to them, so he made the first move. Now, God made the first move because he wants people to have relationship with him. And so here's the deal breaker. It's in, it's within that relationship that we get to enjoy God's blessing. You see, this life of blessing here in chapter 28 has always been about relationship with God. And this goes all the way back to the start of the Bible, what we know from how the Bible starts. Way back, Genesis chapter 1, what does God say? Let us make man in our own image. Let us uh, make people to enjoy relationship with us. That's what God says. Now, why did he say that? Why did God want man and woman? Why, did he want, why would he want us to be in relationship with him? Does he need some company? He's a bit, getting a bit lonely, so he thinks, oh, I'll just make some people to hang out with. Did he want someone to talk to? Was it that he could show everyone how many friends he's got on Facebook or something like that? Well, God wants his people to have relationship with him because that's where blessing, that's where the life of blessing is found. You see, the idea in, that we get in the Bible is from this word, uh, covenant. Covenant's like an agreement between two parties. And so the covenant is that God says to his people, you will be my people, you will be my treasured possession. And the Israelites, God's chosen people in the Old Testament, they say, yes, we'll be your people. And that's the idea of the co- covenant, that it's an agreement between two parties. We kind of go into a covenant when uh, we might buy a house or buy a car. We say, yes, I'll give you this amount of money for this car. This could be a di- bit different though. Because this really is about relationship with someone. And when we're in that relationship with someone, obviously we need to act a certain way. It's the same with our relationships here. Now, can you imagine coming into church, just sitting down, you know, having relationships with all, all these people here at church, but just not really talking to them, just kind of walking past? Not talking to anyone? Uh, be, or a marriage relationship where the, the husband and wife have gone into this agreement together saying, I do for the rest of their life, but yet don't talk to each other. Um, you see, what if, you know, yesterday, if I just gave Jasmine a kiss goodbye and just went and did my own thing, not telling her where I was going and not telling her what time I'd be getting home, I sometimes do that, but you know, it's not very good because I'm not acting in the way that I should be in this relationship with my wife. If you're a parent, could you imagine like not ever talking to your kids? I mean, just kind of putting them down in the corner. Not just when they're naughty, but just kind of putting them down in the corner and just not talking to them ever. It's not really the way that you act in that relationship, is it? Parents to child, husband to wife, uh, any other relationships here that we have at church. You see, what's true of our relationships here and now is true of our relationship with God. When we're in relationship with God, we're to live a certain way. And what we have in this part of Deuteronomy is this picture of what it looks like to live in that relationship with God. We're to live in obedience to Him. 
we have this relationship with God, it means to treat God as God. And so let me ask you, do you you want a relationship with God? Now you might think, that's a silly question. Of course, I want a relationship with God. I'm here at church. Let me ask you again, do you want a relationship with God? Not based on some kind of moral reward system. Not thinking that God is just a nice idea on a, on a Sunday. Not thinking that relationship with God within, is within these walls. But then out of here, well, we just kind of pick up life where it left off. No, we're talking about real relationship with God. And that's what this part of Deuteronomy is talking about as well. And so if relationship with God is where that blessing's found, that brings us to the question then, well, what should we really expect today? If blessing is found in relationship with God, what should we expect in that? Well, we heard it from verse 3, all the blessings that the Israelites, that God's chosen people in the Old Testament look forward to in their relationship with God. And this long list that just keeps on going and going and going. Uh, if you can have a look up there, just scan through those verses. Uh, list them all. Blessed in the city. Uh, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, your baskets, your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will send a blessing on your uh, barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he is giving you. It's all these blessings. It just goes on and on and on. Blessed, blessed. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. You'll have this blessing. It's like this abundant prosperity for God's people, this abundance of all they need from God. And so, really, we've got to ask the question, well, should we expect this kind of blessings then today? As soon as we walk out the door from here, can we expect some kind of abundance and prosperity from God? If we give enough money, can we expect that God will give us a hundred times in return? If we trust God, can we expect that He'll give us a bigger house tomorrow or that if we pray hard enough we can expect our work to always be easy. What do we expect as, as God's people today? It says it here in Deuteronomy, all these blessings will come upon you if you obey God. Now, obviously don't get me wrong here, there's no question that God is a loving and kind God. And as we heard last week, he's the good gift giver and he gives us every good gift But to say that we can expect these blessings in Deuteronomy was losing sight of the the real bigger picture. Of course, God does give us good gifts and he's a good gift giver. It's called a tongue tongue twister, that one. God is the good gift giver. He gives us every good gift. But yet, to say that we should expect it, well, we're just losing sight of the bigger picture. Because what's been forgotten in it? Well, it's where we are right now, isn't it? Yeah, I know this, you know, Evan's head usually gets referred to as heaven's head, but it's forgetting that we're actually in a broken, fallen world, that we're actually living at the edge of our promised land, this new creation that's talked about in the Bible, a place where there's no more tears, where there's no more pain, where there's no more death. We're looking forward to it, but we're just not there yet. We're here in Evan's head. You see, the upshot of an obedient relationship with God It meant a life of all these physical blessings for God's people, Israel. And so what does it mean for us as God's people today who live on the the edge of our promised land, the new creation? What should we expect? Well, 
it's, there's a great picture of what we have, of our blessings that God has given us in Ephesians chapter 1. And I thought I'd bring it up here. This is Paul writing to a church in Ephesus and he talks about the spiritual blessings that we've been given in Christ. And so verse 3 of chapter 1 of Ephesians says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now when we hear that word spiritual, we kind of might go, ooh, spiritual's a bit mystic. Maybe it's, you know, uh, something that's going to be found in the hills of Nimbin or something like that. Uh, we kind of think, oh, spiritual, it's a bit abstract, it's a bit uh, beyond me, it's a bit mystical. And it seems less real to us because, you know, we can't really touch it and we can't feel it. But from what Paul says of these spiritual blessings in Christ is that they're very real. These spiritual blessings here that he's about to give are very real. And if we move through chapter 1 of Ephesians, well, he just gives all these spiritual blessings that are very real for us. Verse 4 of chapter 1 in Ephesians, he says, For God chose us in him to be holy and blameless in his sight. God chose us before the creation of the world to be his. And in Christ we have a relationship with God. And so what else are these spiritual blessings in Christ? God predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus. We're part of God's family. We're adopted as his sons. We're God's children through Christ. We're adopted into a relationship with God. What else are these spiritual blessings about that we have in Jesus? In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You see, we've been redeemed. We've been brought back to God. Our sin, our our ignoring of God and living our own way and rejecting Him means that we're separated from God but at the cost of Jesus' blood we've been brought back into relationship with God. Verse 9, what else does it mean to have every spiritual blessing in Christ? Verse 9, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. You see, God has made it known to us the plan that he always had in Christ for us to enjoy relationship with him. You see these blessings that, that we actually share in as God's people today. Like they're far greater than any physical blessing that we could have. Every spiritual blessing in Christ, that's what we have. That's, that's what we can expect as God's people today. You see, it's not so much about better health. It's not so much about... Uh, the most money that we can have from our job. It's not uh, a bigger house, a newer car, a flourishing career, more stuff now in this life. It's all about relationship with God. You see, God's intention for humanity right from the word go was about a relationship with him and to enjoy the blessings of relationship with him. You see, in Christ we can enjoy relationship with God. In Christ we can enjoy every spiritual blessing that God gives us. So I encourage you to check out Ephesians 1 when you go home and just reflect on that. Reflect on every spiritual blessing that we have in Jesus. Uh, recently I read a book called The Happiest Refugee. And it's about a, a guy, a biography of a, a guy named Ando. And he's the, the comedian guy that you see on the IGA ads. Uh, he's a comedian. His family uh, lived in Vietnam and the whole book Uh, The Happiest Refugee is about his family leaving Vietnam and and coming over to Australia. And they'd been, in his terms, 
they'd been rescued to this blessed life, this great life in Australia, you know, where you could go to an op shop and buy jeans for two bucks. Uh, you could you have this government in our country that actually gives you money <laughs> to go and study or if you can't find a job. Uh, where they used to live, he said, was in this giant warehouse. It was like a mansion that they lived in, some old run-down warehouse in uh, the inner, south, inner west of Sydney. It was like a mansion to them. He said, you know, we'd been blessed by coming over from Vietnam to Australia. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1 that we heard there, this is the blessed life that we've been rescued to. Because of Jesus, we have a restored relationship with God. And all these blessings really point ahead to a place where we'll enjoy perfect relationship with God forever. A place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more death. A place that's not spoilt by the effects of sin. That's not even spoilt by sin. That's our promised land. What the Bible calls the new creation where everything will be made new if our trust is in Jesus. We get to look forward to that. But until then, really, we've got to remember what Christ has won for us. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have a restored relationship with God. And yeah, I kind of wonder if, if maybe you're sitting there and you just kind of feel a little bit let down. You know, that you say, we, why can't we have all these physical blessings now, here and now? Uh, you know, maybe these spiritual blessings just don't really do it for you. But we've got to see what they're about. There's so much more than physical blessings. This is a relationship with God we're talking about. And so maybe this relationship with God through Jesus has become a bit of a, an old Christmas gift or something, you know. Kind of like one of the Christmas gifts you got last year. Uh, we were having a conversation, Jasmine and I, yesterday. I couldn't even remember what I got for Christmas last year. And so maybe that's how you've kind of treated a little bit, this relationship with God. You know, the newness of it is kind of worn off a bit. And after a while, you might kind of just get bored and just kind of push it up into the closet out of the way. You might go back to it every now and then, but it's just really turned into something that has become a bit old and stale and maybe even a bit worn out. I wonder if that's a story for something like your relationship with God. Because I think I quickly just forget what Jesus has won. Now, in this life, it'd be really great to have all these physical blessings. But... Yeah, I'm quick to leave behind this gift of relationship that God gives to us through his son Jesus. It seems most of the time that I'm happy enough to you know, just listen to the TV before I listen to God in his word. I don't value enough the relationship that Jesus has actually won for me. How is it for you? Do you treasure that relationship that you have with God? Do you see that relationship you have is the most important thing that God has given to you? We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Right here, right now, we have relationship with God. But yet, why do we put it up in a box, you know, in the cupboard, out of sight? Why, why on earth would we treasure work? Why would we treasure the sports team that we're in? Why would we treasure even something like our family, moreover, our relationship with God? Why would we treasure our appearance? Why would we treasure what people think of us? TV, video games... Why we turn something that's treasure almost into something that's going to be like trash? We've got to see like what Christ has won for us. And so how are you going in your relationship with God? How are you going at 
just keeping hold of that first love, that first time that you remember of knowing God's rescue of you through Jesus. Maybe we can just start by picking up the Bible each day and just reflecting on that and just thinking, wow, this is just amazing what God has done. Every spiritual blessing in Jesus, I have a relationship with God. And so if that's what we've seen in this uh, life of blessing, that it's about living in an obedient relationship with God, well, what we need to hear of next is a life outside of a relationship with God. This is like the tough stuff. This is the life of curse. And so we need to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 again. And unfortunately, we do have to finish with this. It's almost finishing after hearing about the blessings, the life of blessings in relationship with God. Well, we've got to hear about the life of curse, of being outside of a relationship with God. But hopefully by the end we'll come to see Jesus and what he's won for us and our love for him will grow even more. So verse 15 of chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, it says there, However, if you don't obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed the crops of your land, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You'll be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. It's really not a pretty picture, is it? It's just this picture of anywhere I go, there's just going to be curse. Um, So here's the picture, really, of living outside relationship with God. And it's heavy going because it's it's the total opposite of what we've heard uh, about living in relationship with God. There's nothing but despair. There's nothing but destruction. There's nothing but curse. And it's just an ugly picture, isn't it? You see, what Moses wants God's chosen people in the Old Testament to understand is that God is God of heaven and and on earth. And when Israel live in obedient relationship with him, well, they'll enjoy that life of blessing. If they go this way instead of this way in their relationship with God, they get to enjoy blessing. But if they're disobedient, They won't experience blessing because God just won't bless disobedience. He cares too much for his people. Now, he made us to live in relationship with him and outside of that, well, he knows what's best for us. He knows that outside of that relationship, it's not what's what's best for us. Living in the way that we were created to, that's the best way possible that God wants us to live. And so you cut off from the source of life when we're not living in that relationship with God. Yesterday I was out the back, uh, just in our courtyard. We don't have a, a backyard, unfortunately. We just have this small kind of courtyard. So we put all these plants up, um, like tomato plants. Well, Jasmine's done it anyway. I haven't really done much of it at all. Um, it's tomato plants, uh, a couple of herbs stuff. I don't even know what they're called. Uh, there's all these other green plants. Well, mostly green. But I noticed that uh, our tomato plant, it's starting to fade a lot. Uh, there's some bugs that's got to it, uh, perhaps uh, I haven't really watered it when I should have, and Jasmine says that I bought the cheapest soil possible, and so now the tomato plant is like, it's collapsed. Uh, perhaps if I bought good soil, perhaps if I looked after and gave it water, well then it would grow well. It would have this great source of life to it. You see, what we need to understand is that if we live outside of relationship with God, with God, it's not a place of goodness. It's 
destruction. We're cut off from the source of life itself. And Moses goes on to give this long and painful account of what's bound to happen if God's people don't live in this relationship they've been given. And eventually he says, well, you'll just be nowhere. You'll be nowhere without God. You'll be far from God. You'll be far from his blessing. You'll be cut off from the source of life. Now again, will these curses happen today to those who live in disobedience to God? Will they happen right now? Well, no, but yes. You know, really, we can't walk down Main Street here in Evans and just kind of point out people and go, yep, blessed, blessed, all cursed, blessed, blessed, cursed, blessed. We can't really do that because uh, we live in this time where God wants people to come to a knowledge of the truth and God is patiently withholding his curse now. God is patiently withholding curse from people that don't trust in him. But there will come a time when that full curse will be experienced by those who don't trust in Jesus. Rather than being near to God and his blessing, it's being shut off from all that's good. It's outside of God's goodness. And so where does that leave us today? What does that leave us clinging to? Well, just like God's chosen people in the Old Testament, as they sat and listened to Moses, but we need to take on board that God is God. And what's best for us is when we live obediently within a relationship to him. Now, there's no doubt that we're going to stuff up at times. We're going to fall back on things that we think are more valuable than a relationship with God. But yet, as God's people, in relationship with him, our hearts have been changed and he's enabled us to hand control of our lives over to Jesus to be made new people. And so we so easily forget what living for God means. We forget this relationship that God has given us through Jesus. We forget that we need to keep going back to God and the relationship that he's given us. And perhaps maybe for you, you've lost your way a bit recently. And perhaps you've stopped that importance of listening to God in his word. And perhaps you've stopped even talking to God in prayer. Maybe the decisions that you've started to make uh, have left God out. Maybe your relationship with, with God is becoming kind of a bit stale, a bit so-so. You know, it was exciting at the start, but now things have started to creep in and you're going this way in your relationship with God and, and not going this way, the way of obedience to experience his blessing. You see, they say it's often a, a slow fade in relationship with God, that by time and time happens, you just kind of move away from God and by the time that you don't even realise or you're far away from him, you think, well, where have I come? I'm outside of relationship with God. I'm outside of this blessing of relationship with him. So maybe today, maybe this morning would be just a great time for us to renew our commitment to God, to say thanks to him for what he's won for us in Jesus, that he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ, that we get to look forward to our new creation where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more death. Perhaps it's time for us this morning to renew our commitment to God, to the one who wants a relationship with us, to a life where blessing is always found with him. Well, how about we do that now? How about we ask God that he would help us live in that relationship, the relationship that he's won for us in Jesus, and to live obediently to him. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we just uh, need to let that word uh, from Deuteronomy, from all that you've said to us uh, this morning, just sink into our hearts. And Father, we pray that we wouldn't let it wash over us. We pray that I would see the great blessing of relationship that you won for us in your son Jesus. Father, help us to live in a way that uh, shows that we're in that relationship. Help us to live in a way that uh, means that we are in that relationship that you want us, won for us through your son Jesus. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for uh, his death, his resurrection. That gives us life and gives us hope. Father, thank you that we get to enjoy a perfect, full relationship with you uh, through him in a new creation. Father, help us to long for that and to look forward to that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.